INY. And tonight, I want to talk to you guys about faith. Let's talk about faith. Let's talk about faith. Faith is actually a huge part of our everyday life. Did you know that? Regardless of whether you actually have faith in God or not, we put our faith in many things. It seems like, you know, most of you sat down just then without, you know, in, inspecting the structure of the chair. You had faith that the chair would hold you up, <laughs> right? Yes. We put our faith in people, don't we? To be there, to show up. You guys had faith that I'd show up tonight and bring the word. <laughs> no one checked in on me this afternoon, just checking. <laughs> they have faith. We have faith in people. We put our faith, guys, so much, probably too much faith in our devices. We store private information on there. They listen to us. They really do. <laughs> These details could be so abused and yet somehow we decide that they're trustworthy enough that we can put our faith in it, right? Sometimes I think about that. And I'm like, wow, I really should just not do that. <laughs> but faith in things apart from God can always have a negative side because the objects and the people that we place our faith in, they can let us down. They are flawed, right? Faith is also, as you would know, behind everything in our walk with God. Trusting that God is who He says He is, trusting that I am who God says I am, <laughs> right? That's a big one. That with faith, the size of a mustard seed, mountains can be moved. Faith in what He speaks to me. By faith, I'm made righteous. Faith is everything. It is everything. And we read in Hebrews 11, which is like the faith chapter of the Bible. So if you need some encouragement in your faith, go there. But we'll start in chapter one. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. That is our faith. But then in verse six, it says that it's impossible to please God without faith. Whoa. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Faith is important. Faith is vital. But faith does not mean that I have the plan or that I know it all, or I can see ahead. You know, just because I have faith that God's there doesn't mean that He's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just let you in on a little secret. You know, maybe to some people. It's actually more so that I trust. I trust what I know of God, but I also trust what I don't yet know of God. To deliver and to come through when I need Him to. If you know me well, you know that I like to have a plan. I have a colour-coded calendar. I'm a routine kind of girl. Spring something spontaneous on me and I just am not, I'm not at my best. <laughs> I wash the clothes on Mondays and Thursdays. I clean the bathrooms and dust on Wednesdays. This, I just gotta, gotta have that, okay? There is structure and routine and I like it. But here's the thing, faith works against that. <laughs> And you know, I look through the Bible and we see so many heroes in the faith. You can read about all of them in Hebrews 11. Seriously, go there. So many. And people who have gone before us pave the way and they're great examples to follow in our faith. And one of those that I want to focus on tonight is Abraham. 
you know, this guy Abraham, he, you know, lived kind of after the flood, Noah, you know, that kind of time. And God made a promise to Abraham that he would be the father of nations. He actually took Abraham outside, you know, physically, he said, go outside, look up at the stars, that's how many descendants you're gonna have. Whoa. And from what I can see and what I can have been reading, Abraham was about 75 when God spoke this to him and he had no children. And Sarah would have been about 65. She was 10 years younger than him. That's my, correct me if I'm wrong, Bible scholars. Um, (laughs) I tried, okay? (laughs) And it seems ridiculous, but Abraham believed God. He believed what God was promising to him. But here they are, 10 years later, they still have no children. God's made this promise, 10 years have passed, still no children, despite what God promised to them. And then we land in Genesis 16, which talks about the birth of Ishmael. Sarah, Abraham's wife, she kind of lacks some faith. She's thinking that God is preventing her from bearing children. And so she feeds Abraham with her fear that they need to take things into their own hands because God must have forgotten. He doesn't got it. He's fallen off the throne. I don't know. She feeds Abraham with that fear. And then Abraham sleeps with her servant, Hagar. And she falls pregnant. I'm sure Sarah's thinking, well done me, it worked. (laughs) But this causes division in their home. And then this son is born, Ishmael. And this is what God says about him. In verse 12 of Genesis 16, this son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone and everyone will be against him, yes, He will live in open hostility against all his relatives. Is that what happens when I take the promise of God into my own hands? Is that the result? Because little did they know, little did Abraham and Sarah know that the promised son, the very key to be used by God was just around the corner, just around the corner. And I wonder, if their own fear prolonged the fulfilment of the promise of God. They have Ishmael and it wasn't until 14 years later. Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 that they have their son, Isaac, which was an absolute miracle absolute miracle. That's like 24 years between the time that God promises to Abraham and the promise is fulfilled. And sometimes I feel like God promises to me one day and the next day I'm like, where is it, God? Where is it? Where is it? (laughs) Hello, like, what are you doing up there? (laughs) And you know, what I'm beginning to see in my own life, especially as we're unpacking this topic of fearlessness and courage, what I'm beginning to see in my own life is that where there is fear present, there is also a lack of faith. A lack of faith. I'm fearful, 
of what people think of me because I can't control it. I can't control your mind and make sure that you think so good of me, you know? I'm, I'm anxious in the waiting on God for the next step or the next, you know, thing because I don't know, I, this is not where I thought I'd be right now. I'm scared of making that bold move that God is calling me to and leading me to because I don't know what the outcome will be. And when I'm in need of a miracle in my life, sometimes I'm just fearful of just trusting God and just chilling because I don't know if He's really got it. Doesn't seem like it. And so my question tonight, for all of us, myself included, is my lack of faith fueling my fear? My faith is where I find my courage. Because what does the Bible say? We walk by faith, not by sight, not by what's seen, not by the dead womb. Uh Uh-uh, we walk by faith. We trust in the unseen, not in what is simply seen. And in Romans chapter four, we read a little more about Abraham's story. It says, even when there was no reason for hope, fair enough, (laughs) Abraham kept hoping, (laughs) believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promises. We have to recognise that God uses every single thing in our lives as a training ground for our faith. It's the fire, it's the furnace, and it produces gold, it produces the diamonds. It's a training ground for our faith against all hope, in hope, Abraham believed. (laughs) The promise was fulfilled. They had their son, the key to becoming the father of nations. But the story of faith does not end there. This is only just the beginning because then God asked Abraham to sacrifice that very son to him on the altar. What? I truly, truly believe that the fire and the testing that Abraham's faith went through, all of those years of waiting and waiting and waiting on the promise is what led him to walk up that hill with his son in hand and say, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. Fear is. I'm sure Abraham had questions. Really? (laughs) That's really the opposite of what you said. (laughs) Okay. Sure he had questions. I'm sure he didn't understand. But he had faith. And he wasn't afraid. Fear holds me back. It reminds me of my need for control 
and my lack of trust in God. But faith is where I receive my courage because I am not, I'm not just trusting in objects or people that are flawed. I am choosing to place my trust in the God who created the heavens and the earth, who saved me. When I take my circumstances, or better yet, a promise from God, and I try and like smush it into my own mould, my own time frame, and my own plan, I am allowing fear to take the reins over my faith. And if my faith is where I find my courage, how then do I build my faith? How do we keep a faith alive in us against all hope? So I just want to park here for a minute and we're going to talk about four ways that we can increase our faith. You ready? Number one, the Word of God. Here we are. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God increases our faith. It says so itself. (laughs) There are treasures in the Word. It helps us to become more like Jesus. It holds beautiful stories of people that have gone before us in this journey of faith. And we need to allow these words to build faith in us. This is not just a history book. They're not just words from thousands of years ago that are dead and irrelevant to us today. The Word of God is living and it is active. And if we allow it, it encourages us and it builds faith in us. There is truth in the Word that can combat fear. There are promises of God that we can hold on to when we are feeling weary and weak in our faith. But most importantly, The good news, the good news of Jesus Christ and what He did for us, what Jesus came to do is the thing that produces the most faith in us. It's the biggest miracle of all time that Jesus defeated death so that we could live. We are saved by our faith. Never become familiar with the cross of Christ. Never. Always allow it to stir faith in you. Number one, Word of God. Number two, the community of faith. That builds faith in us. This right here is the community of faith. Gathering with other believers under one name. It builds our faith. It does. Hebrews 10. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. It is so easy these days to neglect meeting together, especially when everything is online, readily available at our fingertips. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Come to church in the flesh. Bring your children to church. Send your young people to youth. Get them in the community of faith because it will build your faith more than you realise. More than you realise. It's iron sharpening iron. It's my faith sharpening your faith and yours sharpening mine. Sometimes it's not even about what's said from the pulpit. Sometimes it's more about the conversations that happen in the foyer and the moments that that someone just sidles up to you and you're like, man, I needed that. You know? Is there... I also want to say, please, family of Christ, don't just walk in here thinking about what what am I going to get out of this today? 
What, what am I going to, you know? No, 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 no. Can you walk in here thinking about what can you give? What can you contribute? How can I be a member of the body of Christ? Who can I encourage? How can my faith sharpen someone else's faith? You have something to offer. It's not just about what you can get. And if we all did that, the body of Christ would actually be working together and functioning in such a healthy way. Oh, beautiful. Come to church. Go to connect groups. (laughs) Faith is not designed to be done alone. We sharpen each other. Okay? (laughs) Number three, and Pastor Jack kind of stole my notes this morning, but that's okay. (laughs) Number three that builds our faith is the power of our testimony. Pastor Jack spoke so powerfully about this this morning. So I'm not going to spend too long on it. Go and get the podcast. That's all you need. The world needs your story. We push fear under our feet when we can glorify God for what He's already done. And in Revelation 12, it says, and they defeated Him, the enemy. We push and trample fear under our feet by the blood of the Lamb, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and the power of our testimony. (sighs) The world needs your story, but here's it. You need other people's story too. Maybe someone has walked the road that you're walking right now and can encourage you in your journey of faith. This is why the water baptisms night is just my favourite night on earth because don't you always leave feeling built up in your faith? Because you sit and you listen to people's testimonies. You see what God has done in their life, where He's brought them from and where He's sending them to. You see and you experience the power of people's testimonies. Do not discredit the power of your testimony and the power of other people's testimonies in your own life. Do you know someone that's walking a similar road to you? Don't just sit on your hands. Go, go and encourage them with your story. Go, your testimony. And finally, the final thing, number four. Well, it's not, it's not the final thing. There's so many things that encourage us in our faith. But the final thing that we have time for tonight is our praise and worship. Praise and worship builds our faith. I can share countless times with you when I have walked into this very room with a stinking bad attitude, (laughs) going through whatever I'm going through or even just feeling the weight of the burdens that I'm carrying, right? We've all been there. And I start singing those praises to God. Oh, everything changes. (laughs) He either just lifts that burden or he slaps me across the face. You pick, I don't know. (laughs) But I always am like, oh God, you're so good. I'm so glad I'm here. (laughs) Psalm 96, it says, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise His name each day. Proclaim the good news that, that He saves. Publish His glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things that He does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is the one to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honour and majesty surround Him. Strength and beauty fill His sanctuary. You know what praise does? It provides perspective. When I begin exalting God in the highest place and reminding myself of what He's already done, 
no matter what I'm going through or whatever burdens I'm carrying, I remind my soul about how small my problems are in comparison to how big my God is. He defeated sin and death and so nothing is too big for Him, amen? Praise and worship builds our faith. It doesn't just have to be here in this room, although I'm pretty biased and in this room is really good, but you can also do it in your car, at home, wherever you like. And I'll ask the team to jump up with me as well. You know, I mentioned before that the opposite of faith is fear and it's not doubt. And I just wanna talk about doubt for a second. What about the doubts? We all have them. Those questions and unknowns that we have about God, the things that we face, we all have them. And I'm sure the people in the Bible had them too. Like for goodness sake, they didn't even have scriptures to rely on. It was all very verbal and just very different to what produces faith in us right here. And here's what I believe about doubt. It's like a fork in the road. You can choose one way or you can choose the other. And if you sit in the middle too long, it also doesn't have a good ending. Doubt that's left unaddressed can cause unbelief. And unbelief is sin. If I indulge my doubt because of the things that I don't know, I'm unsure about, maybe God isn't there, maybe He doesn't have it under control, then I walk that slippery slope of unbelief. Don't, don't go down that road. But doubt can also, this is the other part of the fork in the road, doubt can also fuel my faith. Questions can lead me to a greater understanding of who God is. Or it can lead me to a greater understanding of 2 Corinthians, which says, we live by faith and not by sight. <laughs> but here's, here's my question. Can you have faith without doubt? Because I have faith in spite of my doubt, in spite of what the situation looks like, in spite of what I don't know and I don't understand. And here's the other part of doubt that I wholeheartedly believe. God and the things of God are full of mysteries. And the Bible talks about the mysteries of God. And as we mature as followers of Christ, we need to get to a healthy place and a healthy understanding of who God is and who we are not and have a healthy relationship with not knowing everything. God's ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and we cannot possibly comprehend what He is doing. Even when it feels like He's not doing anything or He isn't there and we're in the midst of what feels like an impossible situation. Family, when we can truly rest in the unknown, that's faith in action. Because we know the one who is in control and that's enough, that's enough. And so like Abraham, if God has promised to me the father of nations, whether my room is dead or not, God will fulfil His promise to me. Then if God tells me to sacrifice that very promised son, 
the key to this promise even being fulfilled, I'll do it because I've seen Him do the miraculous before. And like Moses, if God says that I only need to collect enough manna for today because there's gonna be more tomorrow, I will do that because my God is my provider. He will keep His Word. Like Joshua, if God tells me to march around the wall seven times, no matter how ridiculous I think it is, I'll just sit back and watch the victory won before my eyes because God has the plan. He's in control. I'm just doing what He says. That's faith. That's faith. My faith is where I find my courage. Fear rests, anxiety rests in what I can see because what I can see is the waters in front of me. What I can't see is that God's gonna turn that into a highway. What I can see is a valley of dry, dead bones. But what I can't see is that God is gonna breathe life. I can't see that in my natural eyes. Faith, faith, faith is what builds my courage. Amen. I wanna pray for us tonight. Cause I don't know about you, but I always need more faith. <laughs> I always need more faith. And I wonder if you want that. You want prayer to increase in your faith. Maybe you're facing trials. Maybe you just want more faith. <laughs> Maybe you don't even know what faith is and you want it. I wanna pray for each of us in our faith that it would increase, that it would trample the fear that can ravage through us and put hope inside of us. So if we could all just close our eyes, bow our heads and how wonder if you'd stand with me tonight. I just want to ask a few questions just to prepare your heart. What is God asking you to do? Is there an action? Is it something that just seems so ridiculous? What is God asking you to let go of? Where is it that God is asking you to wait? Wait. And where is it that God is asking you to rest, even in the unknown? Father God, You see the lives, the hearts, the souls, the hands that are raised before You. And God, we come as the community of faith. And Lord, we bring our faith. Lord, would You increase it? Would You build it? Would You show us each as individuals the ways in which we need to invest into our faith? The ways in which we need to increase our faith. God, would You do a miracle, Lord, for those that are facing trials of many kinds. Lord, I can't even name them all. Where people need a miracle, let there be miracles. Where people can't see a way, let there be a way forward. Lord, where people are struggling, Lord, in whatever area of their life, emotionally, physically, mentally, even spiritually, God, let there be freedom. Break chains tonight, I ask God, as we come as the body of Christ, 
united in our faith, Lord, do miracles, break chains, do something new in us, I pray. And Lord, would our faith be the thing that tramples our fear? Would our faith be the thing that we can find courage in? Lord, to keep going, to keep moving forward, to keep doing what You're asking us to do, no matter how crazy it sounds, Lord God. Would we live for You wholeheartedly, pursuing You all the days of our life? Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I hope that encouraged you tonight. There are ways that you can build your faith and that's on you. It's your responsibility. All right? Come to church. Get around the community. Read the Bible. (laughs) Get your face in the Word of God. There's so many ways. Amen? Build your faith and let it bring courage into your soul. Well, the night is not over. It is young. (laughs) If you are getting water baptised, now is your time. Our team is going to play a few songs. Now is your time to head out, get changed, get ready. And people of God, let's be expectant. Let's lean into this praise and worship with our faith. Amen? Amen.